We're diving into the pros and cons of parenting while on active duty. Come on in, let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. All right, y'all. So we have a good topic today, okay? So today I'm going to tell you guys all about my journey as a military mom. All right. Now, if you are not in the military, don't tune me out yet, okay? (laughs) So I'm going to be speaking specifically about military life, but most of the things that I'm going to talk about are universal, whether you're military or not, okay? So you will be able to relate and maybe even implement some of these things I'm going to give you into your own life. All right. So let's go. So my journey into motherhood started while I was on active duty. All right. I was a single mom and I I have to be honest. I feel like the military is not really a single mama friendly place. (laughs) Okay. Especially where I was, I was in the, in the construction unit of the Navy and in that field, you know, it was dominated mainly by men. And although women are protected by some rules, there are some things that are just not covered or they're covered poorly. All right. And, and you know what, let me backtrack. I'll just speak for the field that I was in where I was in the military, there was not a lot of provisions made for single moms. It's not that I was looking for a handout or a hand up or anything like that. You know, it was just the nature of the job and it made it hard, hard to adjust to parenthood as a single parent. The first thing, and I would say the biggest thing is the fact that you have to deploy. Now for my job, deployment was like six months long. And that means that you would be at home for six months and you would be away overseas for six months. Okay. A lot of mothers, whether they're single or married or what, they find this to be something that's extremely hard to do. And I was in a place like many other women where I didn't have a bunch of people to lean on to help me with my baby. You know, unfortunately, the father was not a part of his life. My family lived in a whole nother state and I was new to the area. So I didn't really have a support system. Um, My parents had already raised a child. All right. Quite honestly, I didn't think that was fair of me to shift my responsibilities on them. Okay, and they were in their senior years, so they're supposed to be living it up. And now they have to go and deal with raising another child. (laughs) All right. And this one was in diapers. All right. I didn't think that was right at all. So that was not an option for me. All right. As a mom, you know, I know you all can relate. I'm not just going to trust everybody with my child. (laughs) I'm not just handing over my baby. There's no way I'm going to leave my baby with someone that I just met or, you know, someone that I wasn't really comfortable with leaving him with in order to do my work. All right. So I had to find another route. I had to find another option. Another thing is that in my field, we had additional duty days and this would happen a few times in the month. So basically you would spend an additional four to eight hour shift on duty. 
All right. And this was actually on top of the eight hours that you just did on your regular job. <laughs> All right. Um, and in the last job that I had, the last unit that I was at, our duty required that we spent the night. OK, so that didn't work for me. Now, as I said, I was in a male dominated field and it wasn't always received well when I would have to take off for appointments or if my child was sick or, you know, anything else like that was going on. So I made a plan to get out of the military and I ended up being stationed at um, this unit. And that's where I plan to finish my time in the military and get out. But how many of you know that the Lord will use your situation to direct you in the path that you need to go? Can I get an amen, church? Amen. <laughs> so the last unit that I was talking about is where I just so happened to meet my husband. All right. Now, if you let him tell the story, he'll say that it was love at first sight. OK, he knew that I was going to be his wife from the moment that he saw me, which happened to be when I first checked into the unit. All right. But I, I always say I think he was just checking out my butt. <laughs> OK, uh, he saw all of this and couldn't resist y'all. All right. <laughs> so we started dating. And that's another good thing about the military is the military is a community. Our coworker, um, his wife was a stay at home mom and she actually ran a daycare out of her home. So he told me that if I ever needed a babysitter, you know, his wife loved kids. And once we met, you know, I absolutely loved her. I felt really comfortable with her and with my child. All right. And they became a big help to me as a single parent. Um, and now more than 20 years later, they're still in my life. You know, it's important that you have your circle, especially as the parent that's left behind when the other one deploys. It's all about being in a group of friends or people that can understand and relate to what it is that you're going through. And they're able to support you and encourage you to keep going. OK, the babysitter has become like a sister to me over the years. And we have prayed together. We've cried together. We've encouraged one another through those trying times in our relationship. Relationship, all right. And that is priceless. So pray about your circle and ask God to send you the right people that are going to add to and enhance your life just as much as you add to and enhance their life. So right before it was time for me to get out of the military, um, we got engaged <laughs> and I decided that I was going to stay in the military at that time. So we get married and we become a dual military family. So that means that both spouses were active duty. All right. And this was great until we came to the realization that eventually we're going to have to split up. <laughs> All right. That's because two spouses can't be in the same unit. So we had to do what was called spousal co-location. All right. And what that meant is that one spouse was going to be stationed at home port and the other one was going to be stationed at sea duty. So when you're on sea duty, you have to deploy. All right. And as I said before, deployments are six months in and six months out. So think about it. You only get to spend half of the year with your family. All right. Now, let's tell the truth. Uh, deployment is not easy on any marriage, okay? Whether you have children or not. In a military family, everybody serves. That's important to know. Everybody serves. Everyone in the household is affected by that military member being gone, all right? So everything has to shift and adjustments have to be made, all right? Now, I just so happen to keep getting pregnant <laughs> so that I never end up having to deploy and leave my children. So I, I thank God about that. All right. So most times it was going to be my husband that was going out. All right. Now, let me tell you, 
he does not do deployment well. <laughs> okay. Now, having said that, let me backtrack. There are uh, some military spouses whose world revolves around their spouse. And when they leave on deployment, they have no idea how to function without them. Okay. And they struggle or they have a hard time. And some, you know, they may move back with their families until their spouse arrives and then they come back to live with them. There's no condemnation. Okay. <laughs> no condemnation. Um, if, if you do what works for you and, and it's good to have the support of your family. So don't, don't feel condemned about that. I'm not talking down on that. I'm just saying that that's not me. I am not one of those spouses. Okay. Maybe it's because I was already in the military. I have been living on my own before we got married. And I'm pretty sure that my upbringing had something to do with it. Okay. Because I was raised to be independent and self-sufficient. All right. Whatever it was, I was not the type to fall apart because my spouse wasn't there. Now, again, if you let him tell the story, my husband would say that he thought I was happy to see him go. <laughs> and it wasn't that at all. It was just that, you know, that independent mentality kicked in and I was just ready to do what needed to be done. You know, my kids were the priority and I didn't have time to break down, you know, because they were dependent on me. All right. So I didn't have a problem staying at home. I didn't have a problem with him being gone. And looking back now, though, I can see how that would look to him. So as I said, he didn't do well with deployments. All right. Now, I told you before that PTSD doesn't just come from being in war. It can actually come just from living life, everyday life. All right. And my husband has an awesome testimony, you know, that is his to share. But what I will say is that he did experience some trauma growing up. And this is a part of the reason why he didn't do well with being separated from his family for six months at a time. The thing is, is that on deployment, you miss out on a lot. And this can be triggering for some people, especially if they have separation anxiety. All right. So they're going to try to keep their mind off of what it is that they're feeling and maybe even try to numb the pain by self-medicating. All right. And I've said this before, the military promotes alcohol use. That is a well-known fact. All right. <laughs> so what he would do is self-medicate and drink until he forgot about his issues. And this was not healthy for him. And it was not healthy for our relationship and it caused a lot of problems and a lot of issues on top of the problems and the issues that we both already had in the relationship. I want to make that known. All right. Not only that, but deployment is actually hard on the kids. My youngest son would cry whenever my husband would leave. And my husband said that would stick with him throughout deployment. And I can remember um, when he was little, I can remember him being in his car seat and it seemed like he was too young to understand it, but he did. And although he couldn't talk much, he knew that those bags meant that dad was about to leave and he was going to be gone for a while. All right. Now, granted, my youngest son cried at everything when he was a baby, <laughs> but he knew and understand that his dad was leaving and that was hurtful to him. And it was hurtful for my husband to see. Now, one thing I need to note here is that before um, I do a lot of topics, um, I talk with my husband about them. I always like to get his opinion and, and what his take is on the topic that we're talking about. And we were discussing this and he brought up something to me. He said that one thing that he dealt with was dealing with resentment from his older children. They were children from a previous marriage. Um, he said that they were upset and felt like he just left them, you know, so there was already uh, a divide in the house, you know, having that sense of abandonment because he's already no longer there in the house with them. But the fact that now he has to go and leave overseas, he's going even further. He's going to be gone even longer. 
All right. And, and he said that the oldest child didn't tell him until years later. And because he was a child, he didn't understand until he got older that his dad had to go, that it was a part of his job. But by the time the understanding came, it had already affected their relationship in the way that he viewed his father. And, you know, you can't make up for lost times. But, you know, my husband said he would come home and then he would end up overcompensating for the times that he wasn't there, you know, maybe by overspending or letting them get away with things. Um, But that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time, because co-parenting is definitely a topic that we need to cover in the future. So back to what I was saying, dealing with separation is hard on the kids. Um, The rate of depression in military children is actually higher compared to those that are not affiliated with the military, about one in four, as a matter of fact. So on top of stress, they already have as children or teens, they have to worry first and foremost about their parent who is away and maybe they're in a hazardous area. You know, they worry about what could happen to them. So when my husband was deployed to Iraq and the war had first started, you know, I would watch the news constantly just so I can see and find out about what was going on because we had no contact with him for months. And every time we would see a negative report, of course, it scared me as an adult. But just think about the effect that it had on the kids. They were worried about their father, too. It was just on their level where they could understand, but that's why it's important to talk to them so they can actually get a real understanding because like us, their imagination can run wild. So I learned that I had to turn the news off because of the effect that it was having on us. Now, besides worrying about their deployed parents, some children don't adjust well to change. Military life is a life of change. You are constantly in transition, moving from one duty station to the next, meeting new friends and new teachers and having to let go of the old ones. And this can be hard for adults to do, but it can be even worse for children. Children need stability, and it's hard to be stable if you are always in transition. Like when you have a service member that's deployed a lot, things are a lot different when they're gone. There's a void in the house, you know, whether anyone admits it or not. Even the dog knew, (laughs) you know, that my husband was gone because he would walk around looking for him. You know, it affects everybody. And what can happen in the children is that there may be a change in their behavior or their performance at school. You know, their 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 grades may drop. They may develop some bad behaviors like being disrespectful to their parents or to other authorities like a teacher or, you know, other adults in charge. They may have trouble getting along with the other kids that are their age or even with their own siblings. They can withdraw to themselves and, you know, even to the extreme, they can develop a depression or other mental health issues. You know, I've seen many cases where children have developed these adult issues. All right. Like how does an eight-year-old develop suicidal or homicidal tendencies? All right. It's ridiculous. So this is why the home is so important. All right. Stability in your home is not the absence of trouble and problems. It's actually having a constant there while you're going through those issues. All right. A person's childhood is their foundation. Everything that they learn, everything they see, everything that they experience as a child will shape them into the person that they are today. They can either learn from it and make the changes that are necessary to better themselves for their future and for the future generations to come, 
or they can be a product of it and it's going to affect their future and their future generations the same way. Everything is based on the decisions that they make. And let me make a side note here, okay? Part of providing stability in the home for the children is also providing them with a stable relationship with the parents, all right? Everything runs from the top down. If the parents are not together as one, if they're fighting and bickering amongst each other and the environment of the home is toxic, then this is going to affect the child as well. Because in their little minds, they are worried about what's going on with their mom and dad. All right. Parents are a protection and a covering for the children. They feel safe with them. If the parents are calm and cool, then the children will have confidence that they're OK. But if there's a divide and, you know, turmoil in the home, the child does not feel safe. And then they become scared of what is going to happen to them. And this is where anxiety and depression can set in for them. So we have to be careful to make sure that as parents, that our relationship is good, not just for us, but for the children. It's just that simple. The home has to be the solid foundation, okay? It's ground zero. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So think about it. An arrow can only go where you point it and it can only be as effective as the skill of that warrior. So the focus needs to be then on the warrior and not the arrow. So as parents, our job is to ensure that we nurture that child and raise them up and instill in them the values and the ethics that they need to be productive citizens. We need to teach them how to walk in love and how to navigate through relationships with others, you know. But most of all, they need to be covered and protected by knowing that above all else, they are loved, they are safe, and they are important. And they are somebody, okay? <laughs> Have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? This book is for the wife whose spouse has survived trauma and is now navigating through mood swings, flashbacks, and mishandled emotions. PTSD can create a toxic home environment and cause a divide in the closest and most meaningful relationships. As a caretaker, the PTSD wife is finding herself at the receiving end of anger, aggression, and constant negativity. This can create a personal, mental, and spiritual health crisis for her. In this book, Coach Leah uncovers the hidden wounds of trauma and the effects that it can have on your relationship. Based on biblical principles, she teaches you the tools and resources that are needed to handle stressful situations and to seek help from the Lord and foster a deeper relationship with Him. By reading this book and putting the principles into action, you're going to learn how to take control of your life and grab hold of the power that lies within. Grab your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. What you put in a child is going to come out. And that's why it's so important to make your home a firm, solid foundation for them. All right. I always say, if you want to change the world, first, you have to start with the family. At the root of every society is the family. And what goes on in the family is going to determine what kind of citizens that society is going to have. All right. But back to the military families. I'm going to stay on task today, y'all. OK, <laughs> so we have to give kids a stable foundation. Now, I am blessed because I feel like my kids pretty much handled deployment pretty well. 
Okay. Of course they missed their father, but since I wasn't deploying and I was home with them, that gave them some sense of stability. All right. They knew that even though we had moved a couple of times that we would always be together. I looked at moving as like a new adventure and I was excited about going to the new place and finding cool stuff to do there. And my kids, they were, and they still are social butterflies. (laughs) Okay. I like to say they get that from me. They have no problems making new friends and meeting new people, okay? So we made a lot of friends, but our focus was never on the friends. It was really on each other and being together as a family. So every time we had to move, we would begin this new adventure together as a family. Now, one of the things about the military that I did like is the money, all right? Can I say amen? (laughs) So because of our income, we were always able to stay in a nice neighborhood. And in fact, that is the first thing that I considered whenever we moved. I wanted to be wherever the top-rated schools were in that area. So when we got there, what I would do first is to look at the rating of the school, and then I would find a house in that district, all right? It was all about their education first and the income that we got from being in the military, it allowed us to to actually live in those top rated school districts. Now we did try base housing for a short time. All right. (laughs) But I didn't like that experience. All right. It it was kind of like the TV show, Desperate Housewives, (laughs) just without all that murder. Okay. We saw all the drama and where we were living. Let's just say it, it just didn't meet my standards. Okay. So we took the first chance we could, and we ended up moving out into town. And that was one of the best things that we could have done. So In a moment of transparency here, I want to tell (laughs) y'all, once I got out of the military, you know, I tried being a stay-at-home mom, okay? Shout out to all the stay-at-home moms, okay? Hats off to you. I tried that and I discovered very quickly that that was not for me, okay? (laughs) It is not an easy job being a stay-at-home mom, not if you're doing it right. All right, now don't get it twisted. I am a great mother, all right? I'm an awesome mom. I'm just not meant for being a stay-at-home mom, okay? No judgment. But what was cool about the military is that even if you were a stay-at-home mom, you were still able to make money by operating a home daycare that was approved by that military facility. So parents would have the option of either taking their kids to the base daycare or they can use a home daycare. And that way um, they had a little bit more control over that. So, And plus that was extra income for that household. So my kids started school early. All right. And that's another benefit of the military. They got to go to the base daycare for a little while and having them there was great. And it was convenient because they were right there with us. And I would be like driving around or on my lunch break or something. And I would see them outside playing or walking with their class. We're not like, that's my baby. (laughs) Okay, but I needed more than that when it came to them. And that's why we ended up taking them out and we found a daycare that taught our same values and beliefs. This was priceless for me. Once again, that's about establishing the foundation for them. They were learning things early, which meant that they were ahead of the game by the time they got to kindergarten. All right. They were even speaking in Spanish in daycare. (laughs) They taught me a few things. All right. So we started their foundation early, even before preschool. And before they knew how to read or write, they were actually learning about our faith and the fundamentals of our Christian values. And to this day, we see the benefits in having done this. Now, here's a little word of advice. Okay. Moms, ladies, parents, 
Use your resources, okay? The base is like a small community. It is self-sufficient. You know, technically you can find everything that you need on the base, all right? One thing in particular that I love about the base is that I feel a sense of safety there. I feel safer. You know, if my kids want to go somewhere, my daughter always wants to go to the gym. She's grown now. She's older, not grown, but uh, she's uh, just about out of the house and she's joined the gym. So she loves going to the gym, but I don't like her going to the gym by herself. But I tell her, okay, if you want to go to the gym by yourself, go to the one on base because I feel like it's much safer there. In in every place you have danger to be aware of. You want to be aware of your surroundings. But it's just a sense that on the base, there's a sense of community um, and it's just a safer place. All right. Um, on top of that, you have your health care. So whatever services you need, they're going to be readily available to you. And that goes back to the issue of dealing with depression and, you know, other mental conditions with our kids. You know, as a military family, you're blessed to have resources that can help you right where you are, you know, and they're right there at your fingertips. They have services and, and specially trained professionals that are able to help you with whatever it is that you're needing. You know, and what I like is that they're always finding ways to serve and to make, you know, the services that they offer better because they know the importance of military families and how it affects the performance of the service member. All right. So I do applaud the military in that area because they've learned that the key to success in their mission, it starts right there in the home of each service member. When their family is straight, they don't have to be distracted from their jobs, all of which are important components to completing the mission. All right. So use your resources. The bases also have these amenities like a public pool and a youth center. OK, and as I've said before, take advantage of the child care services, the daycare, the home care, summer camp, after school programs. It's all there. You can send the kids away to have fun with peers their age um, and you take some time, some me time, some, you know, time for yourself. All right. And that makes a world of a difference, especially if you are a single mom where you're doing everything. you got the kids with you all the time. Take advantage of those programs because that can help you in your self-care. All right. Oh, and let me tell you about my favorite, the ITT Center. For those of you that don't know, that is the base ticket center where you can get discounted tickets on um, all kind of stuff. All right. So since my kids were little, you know, our family has taken advantage of the discounted tickets to go to Disney World. OK, a Disney trip is a must for our family. <laughs> OK, we try to go each year and sometimes, you know, we're able to go more than once a year. And there's, of course, a few years that we couldn't go because COVID has slowed us down. All right. But let me tell you, the best way to bond as a family, in my opinion, is by taking a family vacation. All right. This is going to promote family bonding or as my son calls it, family bondage time. <laughs> All right. Now, my family is going to fuss through the whole thing. OK, but that's just part of the magic of the vacation. All right. That's our love language. That's how we communicate. Don't judge us. OK, <laughs> but they what they gain from that is experience and the memories and being able to give that experience to them, I'm hoping that they're able to pass that down just as I did with mine, because I actually did that with my family. We used to have Cedar Point when I was growing up. That's in Sandusky, Ohio. All right. America's roller coaster. <laughs> and every summer we go as a family. And with my children, I want to give them the, that same experience at Disney World. And I want them to create, you know, the same traditions with their family when they get older. 
You know, it's all about finding ways to connect and to bond with each other. And these trips, they provide memories that, you know, we can look back on and we can remember and laugh and think about all the good times, you know. And this is part of building that foundation that I was talking about and providing stability for those kids. All right. So the last thing I want to get into today is going to be the family care plan. All right. And that's actually going to lead us into the coaching moment for today. All right. So a family care plan is essentially the written instruction on how you want your house to run in the event that you're not there. All right. Most times they use it for, you know, a single parent in the military or maybe dual military families where, you know, the parents have to deploy. Now, in my opinion, a family care plan is essential, whether you're military or not. All right. Like I like to keep this information in a binder or in a safe or a folder or somewhere in a location that you can easily access. All right. I like to call this my control center. In your control center, you want to outline and plan your day-to-day functions, all right? Whatever it is that you have going on, you're going to put that in there, all right? So this is what we're going to do for our coaching moment, all right? We're going to create a family command control center, all right? I know that sounds really military, (laughs) all right? But your control center is going to be divided up into a bunch of sections. The goal is, is that if somebody were to pick this book up, they can look at it And they can pick up where you left off and things would continue to run smoothly, just as if you had been there doing it yourself. The Bible says, write the vision and make it plain so others can run with it. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. All right. So the first thing you want to do is to make a list of your weekly activities and the activities of your family, each member of your family. Now, it may help to put all of this on a calendar and that way it's easy to visualize and it'll help you with your planning. Be sure to include any after school activities like tutoring or practice or even if they work. All right. Be detailed and write everything down that you can think of. All right. Now, here's a thought. Make sure that you include time for yourself in there. Self-care, whatever that looks like for you. Make sure you include that in there and also make sure that you schedule time with God. Each week, you can refer to that schedule and plan your meals out. For instance, if you know that you're working all day on Thursday and then you have to take Timmy to practice after school and then little Susie has violin lessons after that, then you know you'll be getting home late and you don't want to end up cooking a full meal after that. All right. So you plan ahead and either put something in the crock pot or you warm up leftovers or you may get some takeout, something like that. All right. But the good thing is that because you've planned ahead, you've already got a coupon for that meal. Okay. (laughs) now, I cannot tell you the amount of money that I have wasted simply because I did not plan in advance. And I'm talking about everything, not just food. All right. The next thing you want to focus on is going to be your finances. All right. Maybe create a small ledger of income that you have coming in and the expenses that you have coming out. So like your bills, your savings, you know, anything that you have to pay for. This is going to help you to balance your money. All right. Make a list of the bills that you pay when they're due, when you actually pay them and what the remaining balance is. So now you have your schedule. You have your meals and you have your money together. So now we need to focus on your just in case of emergency items. All right. That's your ice. (laughs) Okay. so first I want you to get a list of your friends, your family and other important contacts like 
family doctors or schools, um, the daycare, um, anybody or anything that you might need to contact in case of an emergency. All right. How about 911 or the local hospital emergency room or even maybe a crisis hotline? All right. Believe me, in an emergency is going to help you to have all the information you need in one place so you don't have to run around trying to find things. All right. And you're you just end up wasting precious time that way. All right. So be prepared. And also, this is good to have in the event that there's an emergency and a child needs to contact someone for help. So you want to make sure that your child knows where your control center is located and what to do in the case of emergency. All right. Have a list of the medications that everyone takes. Not only that, but be sure to include what the medication is for and what are the side effects of it. All right. So if Timmy has to take medication that makes him sleepy, don't give him that medicine before he has to go to school in the morning. Okay. It's important to write that down. So if someone else is taking care of Timmy, they know don't give him that medicine before school. Make sure that you include important need to know information about their medical history, you know, include instructions on what to do if there's a medical emergency. And of course, a list of phone numbers and contacts for different facilities. And finally, I want you to gather your important documents and find a place for them. If you have it in a safe or if you have it in this binder, find a place for them and leave them there. I'm talking about things like your insurance cards, your ID cards, birth certificates, you know, power of attorney and other legal documents, you know, bank information, DD-214s, any type of information that you're going to need. All right. Because you never know when you'll need it. And as I said, it's good to have it there and available and ready for you when the time comes. All right. Now, I want you to keep in mind that this is just a quick exercise to get you thinking about these things. OK, but be on the lookout because I'm going to be offering a few goodies for you in the future that are going to help you with planning for your family. OK, so stay tuned for that. All right. Well, you guys, that is all my time for today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Be sure to join us next week and don't be stingy, sis. <laughs> all right. Tell a friend, spread the word. You know, we're doing great things over here. And it's so important to be able to connect with the community that, that understands what you're going through, because there is where you will find the strength and the power and the wisdom to carry on. All right. If you haven't already, I want you to be sure to check out all things I am Coach Leah. With whether it's on social media or our webpage or wherever you find me, okay? Be sure to connect with me. You can submit questions and testimonies for us to share and talk about on the show, okay? All right, you guys, that's all for now. I'll see you next time. But until then, I want you to be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. Peace, y'all.